Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. Welcome to Face Connecticut, an in-depth look at today's issues. Good morning and welcome to another edition of Face Connecticut on WTIC News Talk 1080, WTIC-FM and WTIC.com. We are pleased to be joined this Easter Sunday by Howard Schwartz, Executive Communications Director for the Better Business Bureau of Connecticut. Good morning to you, sir. Good morning, Aaron. Nice to see you. Good to see you as well. Well, personal information in the headlines today with news about Facebook and Cambridge Analytica, so we thought we would have Howard on to talk about what sort of information about you might be out there and how you can help to protect yourself. So let's start with what information is collected and what might be out there on people that they may not be aware of. When the Facebook uh, data, if you want to call it uh, unauthorized data release happened, uh, at the time, people simply didn't think that by downloading an app that you'd be giving permission, tacit permission, uh, to collect information on all of your friends. didn't even matter whether they uh, consented or not, and that was the frightening part. And it all started with an app called This Is Your Digital Life, and it was distributed in 2014. It was uh, developed by Cambridge Analytica, which, as you know, has its own uh, issues right now. And uh, again, we don't read our terms and conditions. Folks who downloaded it, all of their contacts were hit without their express permission, and that turned 270,000 people into 50 million people. And people had no idea how their information would be used or who it would go to. And I think what we're seeing uh, with these 50 million uh, people having their data compromised is the way it was taken, what it was used for shows an example of how that information can be misused. These terms and conditions often read like novels. Should we be reading through them? Difficult question to answer. The The quick answer is yes. Um, the more practical answer is there should be more prominent disclosure. Issues are di- disclosure, privacy, and informed consent. And that means if someone's going to be collecting your information You should be told that. You should not have to go through terms and conditions to do so. What we can say, though, is the the Internet's a business. It is a huge business. And really, uh, the commodity is our information. So in a court filing by Illinois, uh, they said, paraphrase, but pretty much this is it, Facebook is not a social media platform. It is one of the, uh, it is the largest data gathering platform systems in existence today. And people will say, well, what's the big deal? You know, I go online, speak to my friends, send texts. Well, to answer your, your, your first question a little bit better is people are now able to download a log to find out what kind of information was being mined from them. And among those were call logs, who they were calling, telephone numbers, how long, any texts that were being sent through Facebook as uh, Facebook's messenger service. They actually kept the texts. We have an assumption that when we go on to any site, 
that uh, our information is there and it's gone. I mean, who, who wants information on, on uh, our telephone calls? If you downloaded the app onto a smartphone, it took access of your, uh, it took access of your information. Uh, so there's a feeling among many there was not adequate disclosure. There are many folks who are very, very, very upset because they didn't realize to what extent uh, their information was being sold. And they also found when they downloaded their logs that pretty much every movement they made put together a profile of who they were that could be used in a number of ways, including the stores that they've looked into. And on a, you know, we think that we put something in the computer and it just goes to somebody else with another computer in between. But as we were talking before we, we came on the air, uh, I realized this when I sent an email to somebody. And in the text of the email, I had one sentence which mentioned something about a friend of ours in Texas. When I received a reply, all of a sudden there were ads for things to see in Texas, places to visit, uh, best hotels. And uh, though it may not have been written by an individual, that information that I, that I thought was private was being harvested by a machine or otherwise. The same when we're talking to, for example, Siri. I'm not picking on, on uh, Apple. I'm just saying Siri. When we ask Google a question, uh, the Internet's got a very, very long memory, and we can't put the genie back in the bottle. What we can do is clean up the things that we do, and hopefully there'll be some legislative pressure brought to bear after these investigations that companies are more upfront about what they're doing with the information rather than making you go through five or six clicks and a whole lot of trouble to find out what's going on. General rule, if you get a service for free on the Internet, probably you are the commodity and your information is being used to market to you or for other purposes. One of the interesting things I've found about the, the news coverage in the past couple of weeks is even what you like on Facebook can help to build a profile of, of you that is useful to marketers. Absolutely. And that's where you see an example where there are allegations that the information was marketed was to use uh, targeted ads to change political opinions. Again, it's a business. And we should remember every app we download, free uh, or paid, there's something in exchange. The internet is not free. And uh, what we're giving in exchange is our information, which is bought and sold without knowing where it's going or how it will be used. And now that we're seeing the depth and breadth of the amount of uh, data that was uh, taken, uh, that's of great concern. And if it's not, it should be of tremendous uh, concern to everybody who uses not only a social media platform, but what sorts of things you're dealing with if you're going on a search engine. And there are ways to protect ourselves that we could talk about from a technical standpoint. Exactly. What can someone do to help protect their data online, aside from maybe getting a, a law degree and reading through every list of terms and conditions for every online service? <laughs> Good point. Uh, very first thing is if you see apps that you don't recall or that you haven't used, get rid of them. Uh, if you see an app that appears out of nowhere, get rid of it also. Uh, most important is now we have to accept what we've sort of known about, and that is everything we put up. Pictures of our family, uh, our friends, uh, perhaps our addresses, email, telephone numbers, all of that stuff is up for the taking. So from the point of view of consumers and people and businesses for that matter, we've got to remember 
the lessons of Facebook and what's going on and really be careful about how we communicate. And these social platforms tend to be, uh, social media platforms tend to be the only contact some people have with the internet. So all of their messaging will go through there. Every opinion they have, every link they click on will give an idea as to what are the things that interests you. More and more, you, you seem to be able to log into different websites using your Facebook credentials. Do you recommend not doing that and maybe setting up a separate login for every different service so there's not one centralized database with all the information on you? Well, I would ask the question rhetorically, is that login and uh, password captured when you log into to a site through it? Do they get that information? I don't know, uh, Aaron, if they if they do. But for example, this happens when you do log on to a new site. It'll say, uh, would you like to open up a new account or use your Google account or Facebook account to log in? Even if they're not capturing and saving that kind of information, once again, we arrive at the question, how much information do we want out there? Do we want to take any risks with regards to another party collecting it? So... Personally, I do uh, create a new account. I just do not want to log in under uh, with some other account that might tie itself to an application or a website. And I think that we've got to become much more jaded about the internet in general. We know that stores track us. We know that shopping malls track us. There are states where they have billboards that will actually track you as you go around. Um, one of the things that we can do is to turn off our Wi-Fi and our Bluetooth when we're not using them. That won't stop the data hacking. That'll protect us to some degree. If we're talking, though, about remaining as anonymous as we can, there are some browsers you can download that uh, will bounce your uh, communications to different servers around the world. Nobody can hack into it, theoretically. Uh, and there's something called a VPN, a virtual private network. You can get them online, some are free, some you pay for, and it basically does the same thing. Um, you could use, for example, so the experts say, your virtual private network if you want to do banking in a free Wi-Fi hotspot because your information scrambled and it may go to seven different countries so nobody can really follow it where it is. And we're going to be hearing more about VPNs, these virtual private networks, in the days to come. Another thing to remember is Facebook, and, and they're not the only ones, will put a cookie into our browsers. And even though you've logged off or you've left the Facebook page, that cookie's still following you. So something we should become aware of is what's called an internet cache. In order that it doesn't take so long for a web page to load every time we go there, it keeps uh, pictures that might come up on the web page, images, and, and all types of other information, including these tracking cookies. Now, these cookies are not necessarily dangerous. Uh, they just want to know, and sometimes it's not personally identifiable information. That being said, knowing that anyone else uh, whose site you visit can have access to those cookies you should be clearing your cache on a regular basis. Um, and in the case of, of Facebook uh, in particular, because I can speak about that one, um, not only do I close the page, I will clear the cache, close the browser, and open it up. For folks who don't know how to clear your internet cache, you'll find it under Tools and Options. Every browser gives you the opportunity to clear that cache. 
and sometimes have it clear itself automatically when you log off. You are listening to Face Connecticut. We are talking to Howard Schwartz. He is Executive Communications Director for the Better Business Bureau of Connecticut. There have been data breaches in the past. Personal information has gotten out there. There has been a backlash. It seems this time, though, the backlash is bigger. What changes might might we see as a result of this issue with Facebook and Cambridge Analytica? Aaron, this is a game changer, the likes of which we've never seen before. Um, And that's probably why Congress is getting involved in the Federal Trade Commission. And there have been lawsuits filed uh, filed by the individual states. And uh, uh, Connecticut is among them. So the lawsuits is one issue in terms of how the information is handled. But we have seen so many data breaches over the past few years that it's uh, unsettling that we've sort of become used to it. This is the new normal. Well, it's not normal. We can't do anything about that. So what the hope is, is as a result of these investigations, um, that legislators will step up to the plate and say, we've got to have limits on the sharing of people's data. You should be able to opt in or opt out without having to go through seven steps to do so. So again, we've got those issues of privacy and informed consent uh, among others, that that uh, should be addressed. And then in the perfect world, it should be very clear that if you download an app, Angry Birds, whatever it is, that you should know exactly what it will be taking or asking to use, and particularly on our smart devices, because we don't always know, uh, depending on, on whether you're using Android or the uh, Apple iOS, we don't know how that information can be collected and used. And uh, in fact, people who've had the Facebook app on one of those systems uh, found out that it was getting the call logs from the telephones. So that's that's uh, worrying. We should be worried. We've seen accounts in recent weeks about people saying, I've had enough. I want to delete my social media accounts. Certainly, they're in the minority, I'm guessing, but it's more difficult than you might think to cut ties with Facebook. Well, that's also an interesting point because uh, I deleted, you know, I feel like a dinosaur. I deleted my Facebook profile 12 years ago. Uh, There are only so many times I want to speak to someone who I haven't talked to in 35 years. Um, But deleting it, we found that the, uh, and Mark Zuckerberg has been called upon this before, called to task because privacy uh, rules changed. And sometimes you've got to dig very deep to find all of the privacy settings. And they do change. If you want to delete your account, what you've got to know is that uh, your information is likely stored on a backup, and it might take, uh, I think Facebook said roughly three months for that information to be deleted. But this is where we get into third-party involvement and selling of our information. That doesn't mean that the people they've sold it to are going to get rid of our data either. They may sell it further. And this is why when we do surveys, there are a lot of surveys on social media, when we play games, when we uh, respond to other links that people send us, anything that we respond to can be used to define who we are and supposedly target us for uh, friendly ads that are the things that we're interested in. But there's the other side of that. This started with desktop computers, and as people have migrated oftentimes to smartphones, this tracking is now mobile. And as you mentioned, things you can do to help protect yourself, 
Shut off the Wi-Fi when you're not using it. Shut off the Bluetooth. Shut off the GPS functionality of your phone. What other tips do you have for people who are worried about being tracked on their, their smart device? First of all, put a password on your smart device. Uh, I was reading some statistics, and more than half of people who have smart devices have not put a password on it. In and of itself, depending what you've got on your phone, if, you, if it's stolen or you lose it, that's an issue, uh, obviously. But people are putting passwords and logins and bank account numbers in their contacts, figuring, well, all right, I have a password, there's no problem. Well, there is a problem because we tend to look at smart devices, uh, a phone, for example, as a phone that stores other information. Let's make no mistake about it. Uh, a phone or a smart device is a computer that's capable of making phone calls. And that's why hackers are doing everything they can to get into our phones and to uh, manipulate them and uh, those sorts of things. With regards to uh, our phones, the interesting thing is, though, more than half of us don't use a password on our smart devices. I don't know of anybody who does not password protect a laptop or a home PC. But those are considered small potatoes right now. The big money and the big interest right now uh, is on the smart devices simply because I believe that we put so much more information on those than we would store on our personal computers. For things like passwords, uh, uh, we should be not we should not be storing them on our smartphones. We could keep them on a on a under password on a USB drive. There are password uh, free password um, maintenance uh, management software you can get for free or or pay for it on the internet, and you simply log into that and it can allow you to store passwords and other private information. It does not reside on your computer. Um, and if we're going back again to telephone, some of the things we can do with our smart devices, remember, uh, when you're going to a place with free Wi-Fi and they're ubiquitous, we find them in coffee shops, restaurants, and whatnot, turn off, uh, don't turn off your Wi-Fi. What I was going to say is ask what the name of the network is. And I'll tell you why. If you go into John's Coffee Shop, you may see a network called John's Coffee Shop 1. Well, if there's a John's Coffee Shop 2, why would you have any hesitation about hooking up to it? Well, someone with a laptop or other device can simply create a network called John's Coffee Shop Number 2. If you log on to that, they have access to go right into your smart device, either from a few tables away, a store away, uh, in the parking lot, um, anywhere they want in particular. So Better Business Bureau recommends that wherever you are that has uh, free Wi-Fi that is not password protected, Take the 30 seconds to go up to the cash register and ask, what is the name of the network network that I should be accessing for Wi-Fi? And even once you've got that, we discourage people from doing any sort of financial transactions, whether it's checking your bank account or buying things, or even if you have to log into a, a site that uh, might have your email, because this information is retrievable. It's just a question of us changing our habits. I mean, the, on one side is the infrastructure of these, uh, of the operating systems and of the social media platforms, but we have got to remember that now we know what the potential dangers are, and our smartphones being the places where we do most of our uh, online activity, uh, it's that much more important. So invest in a security suite. Pretty much everyone has uh, antivirus, anti-malware uh, software on it, and you've got to invest the money and scan and update it regularly. 
try and keep that personal information somewhere else. Uh, as you mentioned, turn off your Wi-Fi and Bluetooth when you're not using it because our smartphones are radio devices and radio waves can be intercepted. Um, updates are very important. Uh, developers will sometimes update an app um, for functionality purposes, but when we see that or we have an operating system update, it's often in response to a potential hole they found, a backdoor that could be used by hackers. So when you see an update, do so right away. And this is one that, that really surprised me. I rented a vehicle a couple of weeks ago, and I plugged in my smart device so I could have hands-free telephone, and lo and behold, I'm watching the screen, and all of my contacts are being loaded in, for my convenience, into this, uh, into this rented vehicle. So I got to the shop, uh, returned the car. I knew how to take my profile out, um, but what we recommend is if you don't know how to do that, Ask the folks at the car rental people when you return uh, the vehicle. Make sure you do. And if you just want to charge your device, don't plug it into the USB port because that'll bring you into that entertainment system. Use a, a, a lighter plug with a USB. My goodness, we still have cigarette lighter plugs. And uh, plug in your USB there to charge up your device. When you're talking about software updates and making sure that you have the proper security precautions on your be it your computer or your smart device, there are pieces of software out there that try to trick you when it comes to that as well, though, aren't there? Yes, there are. And that speaks to the issue of clicking on links to get to a particular developer or from friends. Again, they may say, hey, I got this great software um, to protect the computer. Click on this link. Uh, I've received emails from people who I know with no subject line with just a link in there, and we know that their account has somehow be compromised. But yes, there are scams involved with it, and there are, as you know, free and paid antivirus uh, programs and, and firewalls and whatnot. If you go and you look at the top 10 available ones from reputable sources, and you can go online and you'll know which ones are or are not, and download the software. But what we have to remember, and by the way, Putting in the URL, the web address yourself, is so important because you can get an email that pretends to be from a financial institution or wherever, and if you click it, you could end up with a virus or taken to a lookalike site that wants your personal information. So download the software, but keep in mind it is only as good as, uh, as you manage it. That means you've got to update your definitions Often the definitions are the various new viruses that come out from one day to the next. And scan. If you're using your smart device every day, like most of us do, you should be scanning it every day just to make sure that there's nothing in there. And two of the common ways we do get viruses in our smart devices is you'll get a text from someone you don't know saying, if you click this link and fill out this survey, you can be, uh, you're qualified to get a free tablet computer. I don't think so. What you will be eligible for is to get a virus in your smart device. Same with an email link from someone you don't know. When in doubt, don't click it. When in doubt, don't click it. And there's a little trick that a lot of folks don't know. Uh, I received one that was supposedly from the FBI. That logo was on one side, and the other was from the Internal Revenue Service telling me that uh, I owed money and I had to click on a link to update my information. The sender said FBI. And what you can do to find out whether or not it's uh, genuinely from them is you take your mouse and you hover it. Don't click. Just hover it over the email address 
And if it shows that it's not, for example, BBB.org or FBI.gov, then you know you're being scammed. And you could do the same thing with a hyperlink that claims it will take you to your email provider because you've received a notice that your inbox is supposedly overstuffed. You put your cursor over that, you hover it, and it'll show you where it's going to take you. Good advice. Howard Schwartz, Executive Communications Director for the Better Business Bureau of Connecticut. Thanks so much for joining us this morning. My pleasure, Aaron. Take care. Thanks for listening to Face Connecticut. I'm Aaron Kupek. Enjoy the balance of your weekend. Face Connecticut is a production of the News and Public Affairs Department of WTIC Radio. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did.